Our lesson today is from Acts chapter 16. One day as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake, so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Silas and Paul. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds, then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. The word of our Lord. Chancel Choir, what a lovely song today. Thank you so much for that. I saw people wanted to clap, and we held ourselves back. But, yes. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. She was annoying. This slave girl who followed Paul and Silas around, she was annoying. I mean, you know annoying. People who constantly say the same thing to you over and over again every single day. People who somehow manage to find you when you don't want to be found. And who's always calling out. She said the same thing constantly. Hey, look at these guys. Do you see who they are? These are slaves of the, of the Most High God. They proclaim to you a way of salvation. And she didn't just say it once, but kept on going. 
Sometimes I imagine when Paul and Silas would try to go to their place of prayer, they would try to kind of make their way into the crowd. So maybe she wouldn't see them or find another path, but she found them the way annoying people do. There they are. Here they are, she would say, getting everyone's attention, and they just wanted to sneak by in silence. They knew there wasn't something quite right about her, the way she called at them, and yet they didn't stop and talk to her. They just wanted to get to where they were going. But one day, one day in particular, she just annoyed Paul so much that he finally stopped. Stop it, he said. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And she did stop. For the first time in a long time, she stopped talking. She stopped prophesying. She just stopped. And she was just her. Immediately, everyone noticed. I mean, if someone's constantly yelling and suddenly they stop, you take notice. And her owners definitely did. After all, as soon as she stopped talking, she stopped making money for them. And this was a problem. Hey, you guys, who are you? They called to Paul and Silas. What did you do to her? And before they knew it, chaos ensued. Paul and Silas were hauled into the middle of the market trail square, put on trial, prosecuted, convicted, and thrown into jail. And for many, this is where the story begins. This is where the story takes a big transformation, where Paul and Silas somehow keep their faith in the depths of the prison cell, that they proclaim as that woman prophesies a way of salvation for the other prisoners, for the jailer, for everyone who would listen, that is everyone except that slave girl who knew that's why they had come after all. For some reason, she wasn't the one who got to hear about God's love and God's forgiveness and God's graciousness. Instead, she was just someone who was annoying along the way. As I've been thinking and talking about this story this week, as I do with other pastors when I'm preparing for a sermon, I have found that many are not as interested in the slave girl as I am. Some people have said a lot, something along the lines of, well, she's just a transition in the story. She's not what the story is really about. Well, that's all interesting and well and good. I mean, the real story is about what God is doing through Paul and Silas in the prison. I mean, we've got an earthquake, for Pete's sake, that releases them for, from prison. That's pretty exciting. That's what the story is about. That's what we should focus on. And yet that slave girl is just so annoying that she keeps bothering me and I can't ignore her. Because maybe while the initial authors thought the story wasn't about her, I'm pretty sure for her, the story is. It is a story about her and her encounter with God, and a story about us, and a story about our world and what God's up to in it. I think the reason that we don't want 
to concentrate on her story is because it is revealing. It's actually one of those biblical stories that doesn't get all tied up neat and tidy at the end. Instead, this girl who is healed or relieved from whatever kind of spirit was within her is just kind of left. And we never know what happened to her. There is no moment where we get to rejoice and give thanks that the girl who was lost is now found, the girl who was, is saved and healed and she's baptized and it's beautiful. Nope, none of that. Instead, we get this strange encounter along a roadside where someone is annoying and this one-time encounter in which the spirit is relieved from her. If I'm honest, I don't think that Paul and Silas actually act with the best of integrity. They aren't compassionate for this woman. They don't see her needs and want to respond to them. They just want to get her out of their way. And sometimes I want these apostles to be a little bit better than me. And then I realize in stories such as this one that they're not. That they are human and messy and complicated. And while they are saints, they're also sinners. That they, like the rest of us, find some people annoying and would much rather proclaim the gospel to someone that they find easier to talk with than her. And it makes me wonder about the people that I might walk by. The people I might want to ignore because they're annoying and instead of reaching out to them and proclaiming God's love and God's forgiveness and God's welcome to them, I might walk the other way. I think this story is a hard one to hear because it doesn't have all those qualities of a good story where everything is joyous and celebratory in the end, but instead remains unknown. I mean, we don't ever find out what happens to the slave girl. We're never told that Paul and Silas went looking for her once they were released from prison and that there was this great moment where she was involved and became a part of the Christian community. Nope, nothing like that. And so we imagine what might have happened to her. I mean, even though she was healed, she was still a slave. She was still caught in this awful, unjust community that she had to be a part of. Did her life get better or did it get worse? As a woman living in the first century, it probably didn't get better when she was no longer a value for her owners. And so I wonder, did Paul and Silas actually fail her? Did they let her down? Perhaps. But what I do know from this story is that this girl was indeed seen by God. She was indeed heard by God, and God was the one who allowed whatever spirit possessed her to go away. I do know that the way of salvation that she knew Paul and Silas came to proclaim actually was one that was intended for her. That God indeed reached out to her in whatever way, maybe out of someone's annoyance, to say, I see you, I hear you, you are precious and my beloved child. And I hope 
that she felt it. See, because that's the truth. This slave girl is just as important as that jailer and just as important as those prisoners and just as important as Paul and Silas in the eyes of God and just as important as you and me and everyone else we might encounter, even those people who annoy us. And God hears our cries and their cries and listens. This story does make me think, though, about those annoying voices that we might hear in our lives. I mean, sometimes they live with us. I don't know. Perhaps there are our children who might ask us over and over again to do the same thing. Maybe some of you could agree with me. Sometimes those voices are annoying. Sometimes they might be our parents who annoy us, reminding us to do our chores or put our phone away or do our homework or on and on it goes, pick up your shoes. Sometimes those annoying voices live in close community to us. I had a kid at the first service who nodded really big when I talked about <laughs> the annoying voices of our parents. And we might recognize at times that that's who we are. But I do wonder if this text or this passage is an invitation for us to think about those voices that annoy us. Perhaps recognizing that they're sometimes there for a reason. And that maybe when we're hearing them, that what needs more than anything to be done is for us to tell the, the gospel of truth, right? That you are loved, that I care about you, that this relationship is important. And for us to lay aside our agendas in order to be present with that other person. But I also think that there are other voices, maybe ones that aren't in our home or with our close family or friends that annoy us, but communal voices. Maybe you've heard them over the past year. Black lives matter, black lives matter, we've heard shouted in our streets. Me too, our women have proclaimed as they've asked to be seen and heard. Or enough, our young people have shouted in response to gun violence. And maybe as you've heard these voices calling out about injustices, you've thought, enough already. Those voices are annoying me. Go away. I don't need to hear it anymore. And I can't help but wonder if perhaps this text is an invitation, this story of Paul and Silas is a chance for us to think differently about those annoying voices to ask ourselves, why are those voices annoying to me? Why do I want them to go away? Are they making me uncomfortable? Are they telling a truth that I don't want to hear or a truth I don't want to see? And perhaps is today an invitation for me to listen more closely, to look more deeply, and to recognize that each and every person calling out is indeed worthy of hearing love and forgiveness and freedom proclaimed to them. And might God be calling me to be a part of all that? Paul and Silas might have walked by that girl day after day and found her to be annoying, but God didn't. God heard her, God saw her, and God loved her. And likewise, God sees you, loves you, and hears you. 
on those days where you maybe have it all together, and maybe on those days where you are calling out to God with the same prayer over and over and over again. And you just might find yourself even to be annoying. But God doesn't find you annoying. God keeps listening and graciously invites us to listen to the cries of others. Amen.